Michelle Donnelly, and this is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, power, and purpose, and that you can do it right through the things that God is carrying you through in your season as a single mom. Here we talk about all of the things that matter to a single mom, but most of all, I hope you found a place where you feel like you belong. Let's get started. Hey, I'm so glad you could join me for this conversation today. I'm your host, Michelle Donnelly. Confidence is something I have struggled with probably most of my life, but very explicitly in this season of single motherhood. And it seems that insecurity is sort of always lurking around the corner. I'm joined in this conversation today by author Amanda Pittman. Amanda is here to talk with us about the spiritual roots of our confidence and how that can move us beyond insecurity and into greater degrees of freedom. Over the last several months, I've received several emails from women asking, where is the loneliness type quiz? And it is back. As single moms, loneliness is something we all have to deal with, but the reasons why we each deal with it are different and don't have that much to do with being in a relationship. To learn more about your experience with loneliness, what's causing it, and some of the ways out, start with our What's Your Loneliness Type quiz. And you'll find a link to that down in the show notes or by heading over to plusoneparents.org. We pick up these insecurities from various different sources in our lives, but very often they have these roots in these weapons the enemy uses against us to tear us down. And what I appreciate about Amanda's approach to understanding confidence is that when we can use these hard times to draw closer to the Lord, to ask Him who He is and who we are to Him, that it gives us the clarity and the confidence to fight against the attacks of the enemy, to explore the future that God has always intended for us. Here's my conversation with Amanda Pittman. Amanda, I'm so excited to have you with me today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm really thrilled to be on because this is the first podcast interview that I've had where I have like answer the Zoom. And the moment I start talking to the other person, all I see is the presence of God. Mm. All I see is just His glory beaming. I tell you what, you're the real deal. Aww. I barely know you, but you're the real deal. <laughs> Y'all, before we were talking, Aww. she was just talking about God, His plan, His will be done, like mm. His voice be spoken through this. And I can't tell you how refreshing that is. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. There's um, something really special about um, how you, how beautifully you carry the presence of God. Mm, I really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And I just, I'm so thrilled to have this conversation with you because, you know, in this single motherhood journey, there are just so many places where we have lots of questions. We have questions about who God is. We have questions about who we are. And any insecurities that we may have had before already just really mm -hmm. get fully exposed and come front and center. And yeah. this is the topic of your book. This is the mm -hmm. really core to where your heart lies for women in understanding what true confidence really is and where that's rooted. And your newest book is all about spiritual confidence. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to know if you would start us off in the direction of understanding spiritual confidence and why we need it if we're going to take on these insecurities. I'm so excited about that question. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> asked me that question. Mm. Um, I've had a lot of interviews. Not one person has asked me about spiritual confidence. And that means so much to me because I believe that spiritual confidence is the one form of confidence that affects every other form of confidence. And so many times we're focused on being folk, like being body confident and mm. being uh, confident in our voice and being confident in our relationships. And those things are good, but they are sinking sand. Mm. If you try to find your confidence in those things in and of themselves without first forming spiritual confidence, those are sinking sand too. And um, this is so important because I think when a lot of women hear uh, about confidence, especially a, a Christian woman talking about confidence, a lot of times their mind goes towards arrogance. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And um, they're afraid of walking in confidence because they think confidence means, oh, I'm I'm going to become a narcissist. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to become this version of myself that I don't want to be. And um, a lot of it has to do with narratives that the church has sold us. And these narratives are, you are a dirty sinner. You are totally depraved. You know, you are not enough. God mm. is enough. And that is true. It's just incomplete. Mm. It's incomplete. It's like, yes, I was a dirty sinner. Yes, my righteousness was filthy rags. However, in Christ, I'm a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Mm. And um, in Him, I have fullness of joy. In Him, I'm no longer considered uh, uh, I'm no longer seen as this sinner, but God sees me as Christ's righteousness. He sees me as a saint. Um, I I am no longer abandoned. You know, I'm now God's child. And therefore, even though I didn't earn it, even though I didn't deserve it, I am still the rightful heir to all of the inheritance of, of God because I'm one with Christ and I am a child of God. And because of Jesus' sacrifice, I can be confident in that. And so I can have humility and confidence for the same reason, because I'm going to be confident because I have all of these things in Christ. I'm a new creation. This is my identity. I'm a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. And I'm also humble because I didn't earn it. I didn't yeah. deserve it. There's nothing that I could do to yeah. get to this place. And so spiritual confidence is all about knowing your identity and also understanding the voice of God for yourself. Because I mean, there are times in my life where I was just so bombarded by the opinions of people and especially Christian people. And a lot of abuse happens in, in Christian circles yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we we are trained not to trust our own relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. We're trained to filter everything through someone else who seems more spiritual. When the scripture says we have direct access, access to the Father, we can come to Him and call out Abba Father. Mm-hmm. And that's a privilege that previous generations before Christ did not have. We did not have this direct access. We needed a priest, right? Mm-hmm. Now Christ is our high priest. So we can come directly to the father. And so learning to hear the voice of God for yourself builds this uh, kind of spiritual confidence that kind of gives you a little bit of a sweat, gives you a little bit of an edge. Yeah. Cause you're like, there's, <laughs> there's nothing that you can tell me mm. that I will believe it is. If it is out of alignment with God's word, if it's out of alignment with God's voice, if it's out of alignment with uh, God's will for my life, and I'm not going to follow in some other voice, I'm not going to follow some other voice. I'm going to follow the voice of God. So I'll stop there because I could rant about that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but uh, I, in, a, in a nutshell, that is yeah. spiritual confidence. Yeah. I love how you connected there though to what we think of as humility. Because as you mm-hmm. just so clearly depicted, especially if you did grow up in church, you may have these messages about what it is to be humble and just what that what that looks like. And a lot of times, and this was certainly my story, that just means... I'm I'm nothing. I am yeah. just I I you know I I exist to give everything to other people and to com- be completely emptied and that is not really <laughs> what humility is, you know. And and yeah. there's a famous quote out there that humility is not thinking less of yourself but thinking of yourself less. But that mm-hmm. really the point of of understanding the humility though, is recognizing where the source of all of this comes from, the source of your giftedness and your ability and your uniqueness and all of the empowerment by God to use those things and employ those things that we didn't earn them. And that we don't, don't though also have to work for the favor and the approval of God that it's already imbued upon us. Right. So when I go ahead and preach, (laughs) but like when I know that, it is given to me and it's a gift and through humility, mm-hmm. allow myself to receive that. Then through confidence, I can recognize, you know what? That means though also because it's Christ alive in me, then it's mm-hmm. not going to be this movable, flexible thing that it's not my righteousness that can change depending on like the day and mm-hmm. how I feel that day and just how how spiritual I'm feeling and raising my kids today, you know? But like yeah. basically that, that this imbued righteousness is Christ's. And so what I have yes. to give away is Jesus, right? And, yes. and so, but but more than give it away, I receive it first, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's the the core thing in the old teachings, you know, that we may have had that we're carrying around is there's no emphasis on receiving 
that, mm-hmm. walking in it, resting in it, just mm-hmm. forming yourself underneath this umbrella of love so that the confidence that you have that's pouring out is a natural outflow of this relationship between you and the Lord. I could run laps. (laughs) I'm the type of person whenever I eat food and I really like it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Mm," You know, and I'm the same way when, when, you know, I really vibe with what you're saying, but I cannot agree more. Oh my goodness. And that is the gospel. Mm -hmm. So many of us are saved. We're filled with spirit, but we're we're lacking this revelation of the gospel, this mm-hmm. revelation of God's love. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, it gets that much sweeter when we understand it is Christ's righteousness um, and that we can rest. So um, I'm so glad that you said that. There are three words every abuse survivor must hear. God hates abuse. Plus One Parents has released a devotional for abuse survivors called Safe Haven, a devotional for the abused and abandoned. Safe Haven is a biblically-based guide to abuse, giving you the tools that you need to identify it, respond to it, and heal from it. Safe Haven is now available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats, and you can locate a link to purchase your copy down in the show notes. One of the things you point to in the book, and I think this is sort of going along with what we're talking about right now, is how a lack of clarity, though, can be very much a source of uh, just something that undermines our confidence. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. that can come through these wrong messages or incomplete messages is what you just said. Mm -hmm. But it also can come through lies and false things that are spoken over us, to us, and about us. And one of the things you point to early on in the book is how that happens in toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. And what I know just as I've journeyed through this part of my life is how often we begin to identify with some of those voices and how that confusion, though, is a weapon of the enemy to keep us from what really will build our confidence in God is clarity. Yes. So would you talk more? You talk about having a, a former mm-hmm. boyfriend who was a destiny destroyer, mm-hmm. you know, and talk about more about how clarity is so essential to gaining spiritual confidence. Yes. Okay. I'll I'll start on the the destiny destroyer piece yeah. first. Um so I, I had this uh relationship. Uh it was like going into high school and uh the beginning of college. It's like two years, seven months or so. And it was just toxic. I mean, like it, it, I couldn't even begin, you know? Um, and I learned these lies based on this relationship that my worth was tied to how uh, sexualized I could be. Mm-hmm. And my value was associated with um, how great of a, a lover I could be. And I was reduced to this object as opposed to being valued for the wholeness of who I am. Mm. And so in this relationship, I I was just constantly pushed and manipulated, if I'm being honest, Mm -hmm. um, and exploited. And this was very, it was emotional and sexual um, in nature. And because of this, I started to view God differently. I started to view myself differently Mm. and I started to view others differently. Mm. When it came to myself, I just started seeing myself as an object and this is all I have to to value. This is all I have to offer. Mm -hmm. Um, When it came to God, I started to view him as someone who was passive about my pain and wouldn't save me and will sit on the sidelines while I'm just struggling. And I thought, well, how could God allow something so painful to happen to me? And then it tainted my view of men because mm-hmm. I just started thinking, you know, all men are dogs and um, they're just the spawn of the earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I saw women as someone to compete with, you know, because I was cheated on more than once. So now I have this mentality of I'm not safe. I'm threatened. And so it made me insecure in every area because I'm not secure in myself. I'm not secure with God. I'm not, I'm not secure with men or women. Right. Yeah. And so um, uh, I really had to find clarity 
in who I was in Christ. And I had to find clarity in who God is. Because what I found was, (laughs) in retrospect, I was charging a holy and so gracious God um, for the sins I made because He gave me many options, many ways out. Um, and he never told me to get in the relationship to begin with. I was, I overstayed my welcome and I was blaming him for the choices that I had made. And in in all of it, he had only tried to protect me. He had only tried to rescue me. And then realizing that he wasn't uh, ashamed of me, but instead he was trying to protect me and that he loved me. He wanted to restore me. Um, my view of God had to change. And then I needed to get clarity on who I was in Christ. Like I, I am not, you know, who this person made me out to be. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have value, inherent value and worth, not, not because of all of these things that I can do, but because who God is and what he's done for me. Um, and I'm no longer identified by anything that I could be identified by. I'm only identified by his love, um, by God's love. And so finding that clarity was huge uh, mm-hmm. for me. Um, and I had to renew my mind. Um, and it took me getting into a healthy relationship to see how it could be mm-hmm. that made me realize, wow, like God's love is so different than uh, the love I had been exposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something so much sweeter. And um, that was that love is the foundation to our confidence. When we have clarity on our identity as loved by God Mm. and beloved child of God, it really changes how we show up in the world. I'll say this one last thing on the topic. Um, I saw this TikTok and um, someone um, said a quote and they said, um, whenever you, if you're going to feel most confident, whenever you feel like you can make a mistake and still be loved. Mm. And I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why we can be confident in Christ because we know we can make mistakes and he's still going to love us. His love is not re- revocable. It's not going to change based on um, the mistakes that we make, but his His love is dependent on the decision he's made to commit to mm-hmm. us. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's the beauty of, of the gospel. I think that's the bumpy part about our human relationships too, because God designed these to be places where we would get a depiction of his love for us or that we would even experience his love for us through other people caring for us. And when that gets distorted, whether it happened when you were young, really young, and it was a parent or another caregiver or you know someone else who distorted this image, or maybe it happened later on in your life, we end up often transferring that to God, that whatever we've experienced at the hands of people, that was certainly the case for me. And you know, that can draw up all sorts of things where you talk about, you know, there, there very often can be some kind of performance sort of uh, mentality or, or finding our worth in something else. And overall, though, I think what you're pointing to, I think is so important is when we don't know what love is and God is love, then we don't know who He is. And when we don't know who He is as the lover of our souls, we don't know who we are mm-hmm. as the beloved, right? Mm-hmm. So for me to identify as a person who is receiving love, oh my, like if love was weaponized, if love was dangerous, if mm-hmm. love was something that was unsafe to receive, yeah. then I shut that part down. And now I'm just disconnected from the whole source of of my being. Yeah. Oh, Literally chills when you speak. <laughs> You're an anointing woman of God. I'll just say that. I will not say you. No, I truly mean that. I'm just so blessed to, mm. to hear the correlation that you've made between God is love and we can only see ourselves when we see him as love because we are his yeah. beloved. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Women would be set free. We'd all be mm. set free if we, under, if we had a revelation of that. Powerful stuff. Well, and this is something though, that God started waking me up to my inability to identify as beloved. Mm. Oh, I mean, probably eight years ago before I ever became a single mom, it was just this, he was cracking open a new understanding of himself and his orientation in my life and the places where I was insecure, the places where I was accepting things that were not 
of him. And that that was the way that he began to lead me towards freedom in so many ways. And, you know, these revelations, they come through deep experiences and yeah. hard losses and all kinds of things. Yeah. But he is so good and so faithful that he won't let us go through things without making sure we come out with something truly precious on the other Absolutely. side. And oh. I think the thing, though, you know, that you alluded to that I really appreciate is the fact that relationships are redeeming, though, too. And yes. where you talk about having seen it in a romantic relationship, the Lord has brought mentors and community and all sorts of people into my life to model that um, in in lieu of you know a another a partner. But He's also shown me how that's just one piece of it, and how truly this all is designed though for us to not get fixated on the humans and to turn our attention back to Him and mm -hmm. develop that relationship though with Him. And I think for a lot of us, knowing how to do that is hard, especially if we weren't necessarily taught like how to have a relationship with God. I grew up in a denomination that was very legalistic. And so mm -hmm. understanding, so performance came really naturally to me. <laughs> right. But understanding connection was so difficult um, mm -hmm. that the, the concept of having a relationship with Jesus, for example, just I, I couldn't even fathom it. Um, and I think even in one of the places where I still I'm just growing in my understanding is in prayer. And this is something that you do mention mm -hmm. in your book. And I think prayer is one of those things that we may not even have our minds fully around. What is what does effective prayer look like? What am I supposed to be talking to God about? You know, what is what is this time for? Um, and in your book, though, you talk about prayer specifically as that that gateway that growing in prayer can be a way that we do grow in this spiritual confidence as we yes. access this relationship with God more and more. So would you share about prayer and how that becomes mm -hmm. some of this bridge for us too? Mm -hmm. Yeah, learning how to pray is a way that we connect with the presence of God. And um, my husband uh, years back went on his first spiritual retreat and um, he went to a Christian uh, monastery. And so there are Christian monks there and they had um, different teachings and they get up at the wake of dawn to do it. I mean, like 4.30 a.m. They're there doing teachings. And one of the sessions he went to was on um, prayer, like the practicality of prayer. Mm -hmm. And uh, this uh, Christian monk talked on the four stages of prayer. And um, the four stages of prayer are talking at God. Second one is talking to God. And there's uh, listening to God. And then finally, there's being with God. And um, whenever we're talking at God, it's uh, kind of when we've rehearsed prayers. Mm. And, uh, you know, God is great. God is good. Let us thank Him for our food, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and it's just, it's, <laughs> You know, it's not, there's no connection there. Mm. Um, talking to God is uh, many times where, where most of us hang out, you know, that's kind of the stage we hang out. We make our requests known to Him. Um, we, we, you know, share what's going on with our lives, but we may not leave room for Him to respond. Mm. And the next one is listening to God. And this is really where we become a friend of God. Um, we talk about walking with God and being led by God and being a friend of God. And it's impossible to be a friend of someone who you never have a conversation with, right? Imagine if every time you went out to coffee, someone talked your ear off and they would not leave you any room yeah. to respond. Yeah. You wouldn't want to be their friend. Mm -hmm. um, and so building this connection with God is leaving space, literal seconds and minutes for him to respond. Um, whether he responds in that moment or whether he doesn't, but it's leaving those space for him to do it. Mm. Um, and that final place is being with God, which is my favorite one. Uh, I need to do it more frequently, but the space of being with God is a contemplative place where you're silencing the world and everything else becomes still. And you're not focused on what you're saying. You're not focused on what God's saying. You're just acknowledging his presence as he acknowledges yours. And what's so beautiful about this state is that it breaks off a performance-based mentality mm -hmm. from us. Because for those of us who are very churched, especially if you come from a legalistic background, we're thinking, how can I pray? 
I get questions all the time. How can I pray specifically so that my prayers get answered? Mm. We're like, I need to pray right. And it's a performance yeah. and I got to get it right in order. I need you to know, put my coin in the right slot to get what I want to come out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And when you are, how I would do it, literally laying face down on the floor mm. in a dark room slash closet. I've done it in both. Yeah. With no sound. I can hear my heartbeat. Sometimes I wonder what's going on. It's kind of awkward at first. Like I'm not supposed to think. I hear myself thinking, okay, shh. It's the most humbling experience because you're saying, Lord, I trust that you're here. God, I, I know that you see me and your presence is so precious. I'm willing to stop the world for it. Mm. And um, in, during times in my life where I've needed the deepest healing, it's been in that place almost of nothingness, but it's everything. Yeah. Um, the way I describe it is as it's like a, a baby nursing at, at its mom's breast. Like I breastfed both of my kids. And when I did that, I had no expectation of them. I'm mm. not thinking to them, oh, you need to talk to me. You need to be walking. You need to be goo goo goggle. I, I didn't care. Yeah. yeah. I was so happy to be with them. Mm. They could do nothing for me. And when we do that, we have a, an accurate representation of our relationship with the Lord because the reality is there's nothing we can do to perform mm-hmm. for God. And so I, I believe that that's a real practice of inviting the presence of God into our lives. He's always there, but we're yeah. acknowledging it yeah. um, and leaving room for Him to show Himself to us. And so I believe when we shift to those last two stages of listening more often, as well as just being with God, um, we're going to be able to discern the voice of God Mm. a lot more, which will help us to follow in his direction rather than following everyone else's voice. Um, So yeah, that is um, so, so essential when it comes to our confidence, because um, a lot of us, we feel like we cannot move forward unless somebody else Mm. endorses our next move. Um, But when you have a, when you truly walk with the Lord, oh my goodness, you're so sensitive to his voice. You're like, I'm sure of this, you know, like I'm sensitive. I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I know him. And so if we uh, establish a deeper connection with him, I mean, we could just be confident, like unshakably confident. Yeah. You know what I love too, is that just as you said, sometimes it's in those most desperate, most broken, like most horrible moments where that sensitivity is birthed. and it's it's so incredible to me that at a time where we would feel our least secure, our our most broken, that that's where we may hear him the clearest. You know, when I read that that verse that says the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, yeah. I think about the most brokenhearted times of my life and how near though the presence of God felt at that time. He hasn't moved. at all. You know, he's always around, but our sensitivity really does grow in that time period. And I think, and there are times where, you know, even so now as my relationship with the Lord has deepened and grown, it looks a little different though, you know? Um, And there are times, even just last week, I was like, Lord, I miss hearing your voice that same way. You know, I miss hearing with regularity, that still small voice. And he reminded me that you still hear me. It just looks a little different. You know, when when we are so desperate, at least this was the case with me that he knew I just needed to hear him. He knew I needed to know he was there. And he just continually met me in that. But as my faith muscles started to strengthen, Mm -hmm. it was, okay, but can you trust what I already told you? If you don't get a new word, can you trust what I already told you? Can you go to that? Can you remember and know that I haven't moved? Just because you're not hearing the same way doesn't mean I'm not speaking to you, Mm. you know? But it's, it's so beautiful in that where when we can be maybe even at the end of our request, you know, we're, we're at the end of, of step two where it's like, I've dumped it all out and I have nothing left. Where are you? Very often, you know, that's where we have just these really deep encounters with him. Yes. But that that is the thing that he'll sustain us in that, that broken moment. But that that is the thing that we get to build our trust upon, especially yes. when you have been hurt in a, a church type of context, or you have been taught not to trust your experiences with God, that 
we have the ability to to get away from that, step closer to him and and start to form our understanding of who he is Mm. through who he is in relationship with Mm. us. This Mm. is like the God off the page, you know, (laughs) this is, but this was a a part of my journey that I was like, Lord, I really feel like this denomination is not teaching me who you are. And so I have lots of questions, but it was not necessarily in answers, but just in being willing to say, this is not enough for me. I want to experience time with you where the clarity then came. And that's what, you know, that we're really getting back to is there's clarity, there's a strength and understanding. Yes, God is talking to you. And then when you may have to do some really difficult things, if he's speaking it to you though, and you have that confidence that's already built, you know, okay, he's speaking this to me. He's got something in it. He wants me to walk this. He's here with me. Yes. And and that has happened. You know, I, it, it makes me really sad when people will say, oh, God will never tell you this and God will never tell you that. You know, God has asked me to do some really hard things, mm-hmm. but I also knew it was Him. And I think yes. um, when we're in a, a context where we're with other healthy communities, though, that we can pass some of these things through, but yes. that we can say, my job is to seek after the Lord, that even when you have naysayers, you know, even when yes. you have people who would come and and rip that down that you have the ability to say no I'm I I answer to God absolutely and that's I think especially though too when you've been wounded that's really hard to even stand on that you know yes. when everything seems like it's up for grabs it's just this sense of 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 closeness with God that makes it possible though. And I think that's the thing is we don't have to muster this stuff up on our own. Yeah. That even in um, a situation that feels uncertain, we can still have some clarity and some confidence, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's this season for me. There's a lot of things that are uncertain. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that it's possible to have confidence in uncertainty. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of this year, the Lord, the the word that the Lord gave me um, was certainty. I was mm. like, this is going to be the year of certainty. And for me, it was one of the most uncertain years. I'm like, God, what does this mean? Mm. And he taught me that certainty is not about certainty about our circumstances, but certainty about his character. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I hear you saying. Mm-hmm. You know, you gain such uh, assurance of his character in that time with him that even when you face uncertain times you have a level of certainty because you're certain in him yeah. um and so that's so completely necessary mm-hmm. and um so you talked about establishing your own relationship with the lord uh even when you have naysayers even when um maybe it may be your church environment that you you could be disconnecting from mm-hmm. you know i had to leave my former church home and um, some things that were not godly were happening. And I had to just make that decision. And um, for such a long time, I had um, just rehearsed this narrative of, you need a covering, you need a mm-hmm. covering, you need to be covered. Mm-hmm. And um, you always need to have a pastor. And I believe in spiritual order. I believe in spiritual covering. I don't want this to come across in a way that I don't mean it. I completely ascribe to that. However, we cannot lose sight of the fact that the Lord is our covering. Yeah. So during a time where I no longer had a church home, it's like 2020, everything's shut down by COVID mm-hmm. anyways. Mm-hmm. I have nothing. And all I could do was rehearse Psalm 23 over and over and over. When I didn't have a pastor, when I didn't have a shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. It doesn't say a pastor does this. It doesn't say my church community does this. All of these things are important. It's important for us to be rooted in a church community. But what about those times where you're in transition? Are we going to be like um, such literalists that we're going to say God is not enough, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like we need space to be with God. Yeah. I don't believe in isolation. God won't call you to a lifestyle of isolation. However, mm-hmm. he will call you to moments of consecration, mm-hmm. moments of separation so that you can get 
intimate with him. Yeah. And that's how it was for me. I had to learn he is my pastor, no matter if I have a church home or not, no matter what people say or do, he's my shepherd. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I have to believe this. It has to be real to me so that I don't place my confidence in people Mm. because that's what we can do when it comes to our denominations and our churches. We're saying, I have so much confidence because I'm covered and so-and-so is my pastor and I do this at my church and, you know, yeah, that's great. But your confidence still needs to be in Christ, right? Like mm-hmm. that's, that's secondary. His, he's primary. Um, and I need to, I needed that broken off of me yeah. in order to have a confidence of my own to say, uh-uh, like you don't get to tell me what I believe and what I know about my God. Mm. I spend time with him. He's the one who leads me. He's my shepherd. I know his voice, right? I've learned his voice. Um, And I I, I want that for everyone because when I got that in a deeper way, it just, uh, it settled me. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you just spoke to that because I know that there are many women who listen that have had a degree of church hurt specifically that's come out of this season where if they had to confront an abusive spouse, if they had to confront just even the concept of divorce in and of itself in places where that was not an agreed upon choice or if that was not a path that was seen as appropriate, um, having to go against church leadership or having church leadership even manipulated and turned against you very often creates this sense that it is God against me. That, Absolutely. That really these people speak for, for God and yes. I am the rogue agent out here on my own. Yes. And when we are sequestered though, and, and there are going to be those times where God is going to, to pull us maybe from a context that we would become stronger in Him, that when we do that though, and we do gain an understanding of his voice and what he wants to tell us in these seasons, that we have the ability to say, this is not representative of the God I know. Mm. This is not Mm -hmm. healthy. But then it also teaches us what we need to discern as we move back into community. Where is it healthy? Where does this sound like my shepherd's voice? Yes, And to replant ourselves or even if you're in the same church context, but you need to hang out with different people or, you know, you lose friends, lose family, you know, whatever the case would be, that when we are attuned to the shepherd's voice, as you so beautifully said, we can discern the relationships around us that sound like that voice and mm-hmm. the ones that don't. And mm-hmm. know, though, that God calls us into the places where we will experience Him more and that we can set boundaries. And I think this is a big piece of this is we can set boundaries with those things that are not reflective of God, that are not of God and move ourselves into a new season, you know, and sometimes that means in a new place. And it's it's hard when there's a lot of new getting thrown at you all at one time, but it's the thing that gives us the ability to transcend the imperfections of people and to continue to allow his voice to guide us into those new places. Yes, absolutely. This uh, idea of of spiritual confidence really uh, boils down to trusting the voice of God and not idolizing the voices of people. Mm -hmm. The reason why spiritual abuse festers in, in certain environments is because especially in spiritually abusive environments, you're trained to not trust for yourself. Don't trust your own intuition. Don't trust your own conviction. Um, Don't, don't trust uh, your own discernment. And so, because all of your guards are down, all of your defenses are down, that's how abuse happens. And so when we're looking to restore our confidence after abuse, whether it's spiritual abuse or any other kind of abuse, we actually have to learn to trust that again. Mm-hmm. Um, many times we do have discernment. I used to tell God, God, why don't I have a discernment? Why do I always mm-hmm. believe the best about people? And he put me in my place. I heard him so clearly. Um, I just heard him speak to my spirit so clearly. Like you hear my voice and you do have discernment. It's just drowned out by the noise of all mm-hmm. of these opinions of people. Mm-hmm. And you haven't trusted your discernment. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I'm over here gaslighting myself, even though yeah. I know that I know that I know mm-hmm. what I know. 
Mm-hmm. Yet I'm still wondering if I'm if I'm the problem, if I'm seeing something wrong, right? Yeah. Because we're trained to do that. And so uh, building back up spiritual confidence and hearing God for yourself does feel like you're going rogue at first. Yeah. It may yes. feel like you're this rebellious hellion, right? Yeah, yeah. When in actuality, you're just seeking the Lord. Mm. And um, the great thing about God is that He, uh, when you seek Him, you'll find Him. Yeah. And He doesn't leave you in the dark about things that you ask about. That's right. Um, and so He begins to reveal these things and you have to trust it. Mm. And that's a lot of times the hardest part because our love for people will cloud our discernment about them. Mm. And that was the reality for me for such a yeah. long time. I love people at such a deep level that I couldn't see them for who they truly were. Yes. You know, um, and... I, I I had rose-colored glasses. Yep. And um, that made it so much more difficult for me to leave relationships a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, and so the beauty of really being with the Lord and trusting in discernment is um, after you have enough of those experiences, you learn and um, it helps you to pick your people better in the future. Yeah. Oh, I resonate with everything you just said. <laughs> Mm-hmm. As far as, you know, kind of seeing people as you want to see them, yeah. because you do want to see the best in people, but discounting then truly what you are observing. Yes. And there's a piece of this, I think, that also, you know, as we look at our confidence, as we do start to recognize, you know, the Bible says that if we're lacking wisdom, we can ask God for it and He will give it liberally. Generously. Uh, with generously, <laughs> right? That He's He's not going to hold out on us in a situation mm-hmm. where we need to see something. Um, acting on that wisdom is going to be maybe a challenge. But as as we're stepping towards hearing His voice, what this preps us for more or less, though, is the spiritual warfare that we may not recognize is happening all around us. And that's yes. really, I think, what's so pivotal about spiritual confidence is we are talking about some of the parallels between things that happen to us at the hands of people or choices that we make mm-hmm. and how that can erode our our confidence and end up, you know, feeling end up with feelings of insecurity. But truly what is happening here, there's a greater spiritual reality. Yeah. And that in starting to hear God's voice though, and starting to say, hmm. I want to line up with that. Then we start to go, well, what have I been lining up with? And when the Bible says we don't war against flesh and blood, but the powers of darkness and the principalities, that's really what what all of this is geared towards, gearing us towards is fighting a battle, though, that we can't see against an enemy that we don't know. Right. Yeah. And that these insecurities, though, this is a this is his method of destroying our personhood. Yeah. And crushing our dreams, crushing the God dreams that we have so that we never step into them. So we never get close enough to God to even have these conversations with Him. And that the the greater aspect of this, though, is understanding spiritual warfare and understanding that that is is a great big piece of, of hearing God's voice and having the ability to access the mind of Christ is for us to see things as they truly are and to engage this warfare differently. But this was something that I did not come to until probably the last five years mm-hmm. um, of this understanding of spiritual warfare and really how this often plays out in the relationships because that's where a lot of these insecurities get founded. It's it's when people step away from us or push away from us or manipulate us or harm us and those types of things. And coming closer to God then realigns our understanding of of these relationships, but then also how Satan is using them too. Yeah. Um, would you talk more to the spiritual warfare aspect of, mm. of spiritual confidence? Yeah. And really for a woman who maybe like this whole thing that I just said, like this is all new, you know, like where where do we get started yeah. in starting to break off our exposure to these kinds of attacks? Yeah. I think a lot of times when we talk about spiritual warfare and um <laughs> Many times we get spooked out by it, you know, sure. freaked out. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go war against demons, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just, it can be intimidating to people. And I just really want to simplify it. So spiritual warfare is simply confrontation with the enemy. Mm. But whenever you confront him, there are three three main ways that you can confront the enemy. So this is with your emotions. So through emotional healing. And then this is with your mind, renewing of the mind. 
And then there's the spiritual piece, which is deliverance from any other spiritual forces that are oppressing you. Mm -hmm. And that's a very real reality. And so it's important that you kind of tackle each of these because you will experience some level of change in your life. But if one of these has not been addressed, then you won't feel the, the fullness of freedom. You could be delivered from, let's say, the spirit of fear. But however, if you haven't renewed your mind mm. and if you haven't healed, it's an open door for that to come back in. Mm-hmm. And so this concept of, of, of healing um, really comes from a place of uh, it, whenever we experience painful events in our life, usually at the hands of people, it creates this pain that opens up a door. We heal from the pain rather quickly of the event, but the pain that continues to hurt us for years and years and years, the one that lingers is not the event itself, but the messages that, that, mm. that event sent us. So yeah, it, it hurt you that your uh, dad didn't show up for you um, when you made a huge mistake and he ignored you, but that, that wasn't the most painful piece. The most painful piece to you was the belief that you're abandoned and you're not lovable mm-hmm. and uh, your mistakes disqualify you from, from love. And so what we need to do is address these painful moments in our lives that open doors for the enemy to come in and send his messages. Mm-hmm. So the Lord has a truth that he wants to speak over us during these painful moments, but the enemy capitalizes on those moments of pain and he swoop in. Mm-hmm. If if we let him, yeah, and he'll send these messages, and so what we need to do is say, okay, here's what the pain is. Okay, like this is this is what hurts. Mm-hmm. It feels like uh, uh, I, I feel unworthy. I feel sad. I feel um, disappointed. You know, just uh, acknowledge the actual feeling, and um, then once you get beyond that, you say, this is this is the message that it sent me. This is why it hurts me. Mm-hmm. Because I feel unloved, because I feel undeserving, I feel unworthy, I feel like my mistakes disqualify me. And then we can come in and say, Lord, now what is your truth? Mm-hmm. This, th- I present this to you. I, I'm, I'm, my wound is wide open. I opened it up, but I had the courage to do it. I'm facing it. I have tears rolling down my face. I didn't want to face it, but here I am. Now, Lord, what is your truth about it? Mm-hmm. And that's when he can swoop in and say, you know what? Your father may have not known how to navigate that moment, but I was always there. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that you can do to make me love you more. And there's nothing that you can do to make me love you less. You are loved. That's who you are. He can come in with his truth and that's where the healing happens. Yeah. Um, and so doing this on a very practical level and going through those steps of healing, I really believe is foundational. Mm-hmm. And then you can get to the deliverance piece. Because, you know, the healing has to happen first, because if if the deliverance happens, but the healing isn't there, it's just an Mm. open door. You know, Mm. you you have to close up those wounds and let them heal. Mm. Um, And whenever it comes to the deliverance piece, I mean, we can get so spooky about it, but it really is. Oh, my goodness. Is there another force in my life that's controlling me more than I'm being led by God? Mm. You can tell really quickly what that is. Right. Um, And so. For me, I had to really get free from being bound to the opinions of people. Mm. It, I, if I could put a name on it, <laughs> like uh, in scripture, these spirits don't have names. We put names on them so we know how to identify them. Mm. And so if I could put a name on it, it is the fear of people. I was just so bound to their opinions and I had to get free from that. It, it was a literal breaking off. I had to yeah. pray. I had to fast. I had to beg God to break it off of me. Mm. And it wasn't until I got in that place until boom, something happened. Mm. And that was quite more, um, how can I say it? Like it was here one moment, gone the next. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. it, there was yeah. just a breaking off and now I can move forward with yes. freedom. Like yeah. some things take time, like mm-hmm. healing. And But when you experience deliverance, you're like, this is just supernatural. This yeah. is not something that I've done. I, I mean, I, I did have to beg God. Mm. <laughs> I had to beg him to break it off of me. Um, and that was what someone told me that, she, that I needed to do. And I'm glad she did. And I, I fasted, but that created a shift where, oh my gosh, there was a barrier there that's no longer there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's renewing the mind, um, mm. but I, I'll stop there. No, that's so great. And I, I love the the fact that you just talk about, you know, this is holistic, you know, yeah. and I resonate with 
you know, for me, my emotions are always very front and center. So I know for some people, um, it's a different experience and the emotions feel somewhat detached and they're harder to access. Um, for me, they're, they're like always right there, you know, <laughs> me too, so girl, me too. <laughs> that, that part, um, maybe even it comes a little more easily, but, uh, not recognizing the spiritual, um, aspect of it can still keep those emotions like bubbling back up to the surface, you know, and you, you kind of know, you know, how to start dealing with them, but, um, it, it gets tiring, you know, it's like, is this ever going to end? Um, and there were, there were things that even just this year, I just turned 40, but like just this year that I've carried around my entire life, um, this feeling of being unsafe, just Mm. everywhere in my body all the time. And I went to actually a prayer training where it was about, you know, this spiritual healing sort of of prayer. And just asking certain prompts, though, sometimes can just move our minds um, into a zone where we're ready to receive something new that God would give us. And so in this, it was being able to ask God, why do I feel this way? When was the first time that I felt this way? And this is where sometimes we can get flooded with a memory, you know, something that comes up. Um, and and for me, in this instance, it was extremely frightening. I was afraid of this thing that I was remembering. But then asking God, why did this impact me? Or where were you? You know, those kinds yes. of things. He shows yes. what was unseen at that moment. And yes. so here was a memory that I had carried around since I was three years old that finally now my 40-year-old mm-hmm. self was able to understand the, yeah. how it marked me for this entire journey of my life so far. And then to say, that was where you first felt unsafe and here's yes. why, but you're not there anymore. Yes. And it was a deliverance where it it mm-hmm. has shifted so much for me and just things that I would do, you know, we talk about some of those open doors are also the yeah. things that we do <laughs> because yes. of, of the coping that we're just trying to, you know, kind of survive mm-hmm. through these things. Yeah. Um, but knowing that, you know, God will step us gently to that. You know, th- those are hard questions to ask going through those traumatic moments, even and asking God, where were you? And those sorts of things that that's hard. It is. Um, but, and, and I mean, in these instances, I had people with me, you know, and I think that's, one of the things to recognize, like we we don't generally just like run straight into this. And I appreciate that you said the healing part is is important um, because you have to have that um, that bit of confidence that has been built as that platform, so that when these things do come to light, that you're trusting the Lord and that you know He's do He's showing you these things for a good reason, and that He wants you to have freedom because otherwise it can be quite frightening, but I also appreciate the fact that you said that this can be weird, <laughs> you know, like the way that sometimes this has come off in Christian mm-hmm. culture, it has been misused. It has been yeah. sensationalized. Yeah. Um, and, you know, God is a God, as we talked about, he's a God of clarity. You know, he's, he yes. doesn't want us to have confusion. Yeah. He doesn't want to bring these things forth for us to have fear. Um, mm-hmm. And, but you know the the sensational aspect of it can even make it more frightening or it can make us feel like well, what if i don't have a moment like that you know or, mm-hmm. or those types of things but i think it's important to to talk about it because it's absolutely in this season of my life in places where you know there've been doors that were opened in childhood woundings and doors that i have kept open because of choices i'd made since then yeah. and as i become aware of those things though there's the ones that god shuts there's the ones that i shut um, but all of it just leads to greater freedom and, and the confidence then that we have to step forward into things that are hard. You know, leading our kids through this season of of life is hard stuff. But when you're doing this work and, and you know, this is the work, this is the stuff that we have the ability to pass on to our kids. And it's, you know, our confidence and our our growth in this is our legacy. You know, it doesn't have to be these circumstances. Um, you know, it, this is the fruit that that can come out of, you know, breaking these chains off. Yes. It's so valuable that you mentioned uh, the experience you had healing from what happened when you were three, mm-hmm. uh, because um, the, the way I learned about this process of emotional healing was by reading a book about um, emotional healing. Mm-hmm. And I want to believe uh, like somebody printed it off for me. Like it was, 
it was a bootleg copy. It was a bootleg copy. (laughs) Like you have to read this book. It's amazing. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go through it. And it was, I think it was called emotional healing in three easy steps. (laughs) One, two, three. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Here we go. But the book blew my mind. Mm. And um, one of the things that the book encourages us to do is to first go to the first experience that we have feeling Mm. this emotion that's Mm. plaguing us. You were saying, I'm constantly feeling unsafe. I'm constantly feeling unsafe. I'm almost 40 feeling unsafe. And yet the very first experience of feeling unsafe is when you're three. Yeah. What the enemy does is there's something that's introduced at a young age. And then he builds a framework around that. And then we have confirmation bias and we're like, say, see, I'm, I'm unsafe. Yeah. See, I'm unsafe. And now yeah. we have this entire stronghold mm. in the Bible, a stronghold simply means it's a a belief system. Like uh, that's the context of it usually is a belief system. And so the Lord can be your stronghold. We can say the Lord is my stronghold. Mm -hmm. We can have a stronghold built on on truth Mm -hmm. or we can have a stronghold in our mind built on lies. Mm -hmm. And so we we have to derail this framework of lies. We have to start at the bottom, you know, like where was this first introduced? Yeah. And so whenever you go through emotional healing and you uh, address these moments that have happened many times, if you start a little bit later, you may not even realize, okay, I I mean, I started two years ago. Like this was a pain from two years ago. And then you're like, wow, I do feel somewhat healed, but uh, there's still some lingering feelings here. And then the Holy spirit reveals to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's because now let's address what happened 10 years prior Mm -hmm. and, and the messages that that sent you, let's heal that now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's beautiful that you had the first, uh, you were able to pinpoint like the first time um, because sometimes it's really hard for people to access it and sound like it was very hard for you to access for a long time to realize the source. And truly, Um, you know, these are the things where, you know, the Lord leads us in this, you know, that I didn't know what it was. I just asked him to show me, you know, yes. um, I have had this memory and in my mind, do not remember feeling unsafe at the moment that this memory has yeah. played over in my mind throughout my life. And it was just kind of like, huh, that was weird. Like that was all that I attached to it was that was weird. And only now though, asking God, for clarity, for him to tell me what the moment was and for that to be the thing that came up, I could see it. You know, it was just like, oh my goodness, now I understand. Yes. And, you know, so, and that's the, the, the part though of gaining all of this confidence with the Lord is that he just wants us to be in greater degrees of freedom, just Mm -hmm. freer and freer and freer all the time, you know, and as we gain those experiences with him too, though, then that's where that confidence just continues to grow in like, oh, now I see where these messages came from, or now I see why I don't trust you, but because you brought me healing from this, wow, I trust you in a way that some people are going to think is crazy, (laughs) but some people are going to be like, yeah, I know that's, that's the Lord. That's what he does. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. Oh, oh my goodness. I, there are some people that I personally know who I've spoken with and they're like, man, this was just supernatural. God did it. I have no, I, I, I can't explain it. And yeah. the level of conviction that they speak with, you're like, yeah. I know you had a real encounter with yeah. God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the best part about walking with the Lord is that it just keeps getting better. Mm-hmm. Like his plans for us are so good. They're rich. They're filled with abundance and love and peace. And uh, it, it's like, we can ask God, show me how good this can get. And there will never be a limit. Mm-hmm. There's always something more um, yeah. that he can reveal yeah. about himself that brings more delight to our lives. Um, so it's it's really um, such a beautiful process we get to walk on. Mm-mm. Amanda, I could just sit and have this conversation with you all day. <laughs> this is <just> <laughs> Me too. so life-giving. At the end of every conversation, I ask each guest the same question. And it is, if there was just one thing that you would want a single mom to know, what would it be? Mm. I would say your identity is not single mom. Mm. your identity is child of God. Your identity is his beloved. Your identity is one with Christ, you know, like seated in heavenly places with Christ. That is your identity. So Mm. it may be a hat you wear or a role that you play, but it is not your identity. Um, And so that's what I would say. Mm. Thank you (laughs) so much. Amanda, would you tell listeners about your new book and how they can follow you? 
Yes. Okay. So my new book is Stand in Confidence from Sinking in Insecurity to Rising in Your God-Given Identity. And um, you can find it on Amazon. That's my favorite. I love Amazon, um, as well as Barnes and Noble, Christian Book, and Mardell. It is available now. So you can go ahead and get your copy now. Um, and I pray that it blesses you in such a major way because these concepts have legitimately changed my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm just passing it along. And um, you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Those are the ones I really hang out on. Um, Just type in Amanda Pittman and you'll find me. And um, my website is amandaapittman.com. And I also have a ministry called Confident Woman Co., um, where we equip women to stand confidently upon the finished work of Jesus. So you can follow um, Confident Woman Co. on Instagram, Confident Woman Co. And our website is the same. So um, I hope that you're able to get connected with other like-minded Christian women. Um, and we have a community for that as well. Great. And I will include links in the show notes to make it easier for listeners to find all of those links and resources. But thank you so much for spending time with me today. It was really wonderful. It was an absolute delight. Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoyed this conversation with Amanda, I've got a couple others that you might like to listen to as well. Check out episode 126, Face Off With Your Feelings, How Confronting Past Pain Opens the Door to Emotional Safety and Wholeness with Jessica Hoddle. Also check out episode 111, Believing Who God Says You Are and How It Changes Everything with Aubrey Sampson. I'd love to invite you to get more involved with the Plus One Parents community. If you head over to plusoneparents.org, you can sign up to become part of our free private community experience, the Plus One Parents Collective. On the website, you can also check out our blog and other resources on topics relating to dating and parenting, abuse recovery, and spiritual well-being. Or you can also get on our mailing list to receive Plus One Parent exclusive updates. You can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at plusone.parents. I'm so grateful that you're a part of this community and that you were able to join me for this episode today. I pray always that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.